0: There are 7.5 billion people on planet Earth, and scientists say you can only make friends with 400 of them. Jacob already has 400 friends, so now he can only talk to strangers. This is a podcast with strangers. Sometimes I, like, sometimes I just like to slap my belly. Like, um, You see those videos of these sea lions? They just they lie yeah, on the beach yeah. and they slap their bellies. I think it's just a, a, a mammalian thing. Mammals just like to... The belly. Anyway, welcome to a podcast with strangers. Sorry about the intro, where I'm slapping my belly, but I thought you might enjoy that, dear listener. Uh My name is Jacob Dyer. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Dar, Dyer D Y E R, and uh, on Instagram as well uh at the Jacob Dar, Dyer D Y E R.
1: I'm joined here by producer X. Still going with that name? Nope. Nope. Okay. I'm I'm Dallas. Hey guys, producer X was my past life, and I'm I'm quite over that now, actually. Oh,
0: okay. Well, that's fair enough. So welcome to a podcast with strangers. Um, this is a podcast where we do indeed talk to strangers. We have a vague idea of who our guests are. It's sort of a, a, a tinge, a gentle breeze of who they are. A gentle breeze of knowledge, I would say. Um, I wouldn't say that. That sounds awful. Uh, we, we don't vet them. We don't do background searches. Um, how we haven't been cancelled yet is beyond me. But we take the risk for you, for your entertainment. This is all for you, dear listener. So, Dallas, who do we
1: have on this week? We have the the two history dudes. We're starting our own uh, history channel. The
0: History Channel is right because I did hint last week um, in the incredible the Furby episode, incredible the long, long Furby episode,
1: the longest Furby episode that exists on the internet.
0: Yeah, and thank God, you know. Um, so, yeah, the History Channel. This will be the history episode. We've got two people who love to talk about the past. Um, So, let's go with interview number one of two. You will be tested at the end of this, by the way. So, pay attention.
1: Better take notes.
0: My next guest comes all the way from Sweden, and his name is Stefan. Stefan, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Uh, Stefan, quick question for you. What is one thing that people used to do way back in the olden days, and that can be anywhere from like two years prior to all the way back to the ancient times that you wish people did in present times?
2: Wow. That's a, that's a great question. I think writing physical letters is, I mean, people still do that. I mean, when people are on vacation, they write postcards home or they write, mm-hmm. uh, you know, birthday cards and, and things like that. But the, the old art of writing physical, you know, mail letters, um uh, mm. It's one of those things that I, I feel is, is lacking, not not because, mainly because I feel like it's something that we historians use a lot. Right. And we have used a lot for a long time. Uh, then, you know, the world today is more literate than it ever has been. And we historians, you know, we, we love, because what historians do is that obviously we're historians because we use the written word. That's what we base our our That's the classical definition of what history is. You know, history starts with the invention of writing uh, in Mesopotamia circa 3500 BC. Before that, that's archaeology. Now, obviously today we use all sorts of sources, but classically we use textual sources, textual records. So if if it's something oldish that I would ask, yeah, writing, I think. Do you think it's romantic in a way? Oh yeah i mean i yeah. i i wrote a lot to to my fiance when when we first started out our relationship uh and oh, uh, wow. she's she's got this bunch saved oh, wow. it also helps a lot if you're uh if you have a if you're in a long-distance relationship which i am with my, my fiance's from america um so that definitely helps when you're you know uh applying for immigration <laughs> That's also very Aha, good. ah
0: very good oh nice that's a very smart way to do it but do you think do you think these these letters have to be written with a pen or would you accept a letter written and then printed out on for example a HP laser printer
2: oh yeah no pen? well you know
0: I mean does that still count or do you, or do you like do you like cursive do you think only cursive counts
2: well starting in in ancient Mesopotamia. Uh, they, they wrote on on these clay tablets. And these had, you know, over over like thousands and thousands of years, uh, so things like paper and so on, you know, that disappeared. That just vanished. I mean, you can just imagine, put a of piece of paper on the rain and that's just going to vanish in a day. Um, yeah. But these clay tablets have survived for thousands of years. Is is that the, um I think
0: I'm, I think me and you know about the same thing, but Dallas, did you, there's like an old, one of the oldest pieces of, uh, written literature is a, it's a complaint. Am I thinking of the right thing, Stefan? Yes, you are. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. He, there's this guy and he's complaining about the standard of copper that he ordered. It's substandard. <laughs>
1: yeah. And
0: it's like one of the earliest pieces of human writing.
1: And it's a it's complaint. like a Yelp review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. This like guy. And, and, and I think the story goes deeper than that. I think it's, the, the uh, historians, Stephen, cut me off if I'm wrong here, but I think they did some research and it turns out that the copper he ordered was from a guy who was pulling a scam. So they uncovered this like 3,000 year old scam. I think I'm right in that.
2: I think, yeah, I think you're right in that too. It also uh, it also contains the oldest known, one of the oldest known names, sort of like just oh, average wow. names, which is Ian Wow. So that's, that's a, that just goes to show you, you know, we're, we're, that's why <laughs> this letter writing or any type of writing that I say is so important because uh, you, you don't really, you know, there's a big discussions for the future of, you know, what, what do we do today with normal right. things? that You know, because when we complain, we do it digital, you know, we write a complaint on, uh-huh. on someone's website or we send an email or whatever. And some, you know, those there are people who obviously save their old old emails from like the 90s. Some even print them. But, you know, it's not common because we write so much and, you know, not a lot of that is is saved. Uh, So we we lose that sort of those sort of like um, everyday things that I think that we find so much value in. I love looking back at old,
0: what they call digital graveyards. So... You know how YouTube used to look and how we used to operate. That you know, it used to have like a five-star rating on YouTube and stuff like that. But also, it's it's also kind of depressing when you look back at people's tweets and you know that they're, they're no longer still with us. And I know mm-hmm. that's like not on the same level as letters and stuff like that, but it's. Oh, but
2: but it is.
0: It, okay, all right, well, but it, I, I would, <laughs> if I would you argue. Say it is, no, no, no. <laughs>
2: but I would argue that a lot of what we okay, so we have an actual name for everything that's digital. That's called called born digital sources. And that's everything from, like, tweets to YouTube videos to blog posts to anything. Like a news article on a news website to a Reddit post or, you know, anything that can, that, that was born digital, essentially. Okay? Right. So yeah. th- that's what we're counting. We're counting tweets. We're counting all these things. And um, I I have used this because I, I study, um, amongst many things, historical memory, like how people remember history in the present day and i i wrote i mean i wrote an entire book uh talking about you know a very downer subject which is racism online where i i went and and studied uh specific gaming forums surrounding a specific historical video games and see okay well this is what they thought about the past in relation to to the content in this video game and stuff like that yeah so any and all of this stuff that we do online it can be preserved for the future but as you mentioned you know, it's fun to look back on it, but we all by going back on it, we can also notice just how quickly things disappear. Like old YouTube videos that are that are, are you know, just gone.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've all been there and we have all we've all thought of a video and gone, Oh, that's a really funny video. I should go look that up. And then the video's not there anymore. It's the worst. Yeah, it's it's the absolute worst. And uh I remember seeing once somebody said, If you find a funny video and it absolutely kills you, download it. Just buy yourself like a terabyte hard drive because they're kind of well, they're not too overly expensive, but I just fill it with all the stuff because one day it might go and you might not know where it's gone. Sorry, the reason I know that, this is going to be a complete tangent. The reason I know that is because there was a video online of a man who wanted to try and steal as much soda, you know, like fizzy drink from a, a restaurant as possible. Anyway, he- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this, I told you it was a tangent. And he wanted to, he came up with this idea that he would put uh, an empty container in a suitcase and then connect it to a battery-powered pump and a tube through his sleeve and then, and then put it into the cup. And this whole this whole thing was was documented in a video and then hastily deleted. And everybody, there was a whole fandom around it. Everybody wants to know what the fate is of that man. I mean, I want to know what the fate of this man (laughs) is. (laughs) I'm so sorry. What a tangent. But if that man is listening, please get in touch with us. We want to (laughs) know. I'm so sorry to anybody who's listening, and they thought, "Oh my god, we've got a historian on." What highbrow culture we're going to be learning about today? <laughs> we started off with Mesopotamia, and here we are talking about Mountain Dew being I mean, stolen. I want to know.
2: So, hang on. So, w- was it like a fountain sort of like thing that he pulled in, or?
0: Yeah. So yeah, like a soda fountain. So basically, you know, you go into Subway and you have the paper cup, yeah. and you you put it under a machine. Yeah. So he wanted to try and because it's it's free refills, right? Well, he wanted to try and push the boundary of how much he can take for free. <laughs> Did he get away with it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he got away with it. Yeah, there's a. There was a, at the end of the video. I think he got away with two gallons worth, or something, some absurd number like that. And he said, "I've been trying to drink it for three days, and it just doesn't feel the same." <laughs> Which is, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where it's too much of a good thing. I think. And also, your kidneys are probably screaming at you. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: this guy's obviously a, a very good problem solver. I wonder if he's like an accomplished engineer or something. Oh, yeah. Making bridges or something. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it always shocked me how, I don't know if you have it in, in, uh, in Sweden or, or in America or anything like that, but in the UK, Pizza Hut, the restaurant Pizza Hut, has an ice cream machine where you literally pull a lever down and the ice cream just keeps coming. It just keeps going. You like, yeah, you like are, a you machine. Are. Right, exactly. Exactly, Stefan, exactly. And I thought to myself, what is stopping somebody just holding that down? Like, indefinitely, what is stopping them?
2: Yeah, I, so my local, my local Thai restaurant has one of those. Oh, man. <laughs> and and so what they do to, to avoid people actually pulling that off is they, they give, like, almost comically small sort of bowls. Oh, yeah. So you really can't fit more than like, you know, a a little bit. That makes sense. They do that at All You Can Eat. They
0: they give you a small plate. Talking of of people disregarding the rules, I was actually once in an All You Can Eat and they had a chocolate fountain. And um, so you get your skewer, you put your marshmallow in or your, you know, whatever, your banana piece. And um, I was getting sick of this because I had to put a piece in, take it out, put a piece in. You know what I mean? It takes a while. So I had the genius idea of putting the entire plate in, just holding the plate in the (laughs) fountain and (laughs) they didn't like that. They did not like that. I think I almost got thrown out.
2: But at least that's the classical way of, you know, eating chocolate. I mean, liquid chocolate was pretty much the first thing that people, for example, in America used to, you know, consume chocolate. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So, like, you know, the classical hot chocolate that, you know, that's very 18th century, like North America. So if you were if you were like a colonial, if you were from colonial Boston, for example, in in the 18th century, you would be drinking your your chocolate. Interesting. That's just my way of trying to segue it back to history. (laughs) Let's go back to history. Yeah. (laughs) Although, I mean, if you if if you want me to go on a soda story, I can go a soda (laughs) story. We c- let's have a
0: soda story. All let's, right, let's hear so, your soda story.
2: Uh, I'm, uh, this is a personal one. So, I'll tell you a personal one. Sure. I'm I I was attending some sort of event in London, and I was upgraded on my on my journey back home to first mm-hmm. class. I think it was British Airways.
0: Fantastic! What an experience.
2: What, it, it, but it was, like, it was, yeah, I mean, it's a re- regional flight, so it wasn't anything too fancy. But but mm. what was fancy is that you got access to the lounge. Mm. So I went to the lounge. I was like, oh, my God, you get some free stuff here. I was I was in my early 20s. There's some free stuff here. They got, little, you know, the soda cans, you know, the mini soda cans.
0: Yeah, the ones to stop you um, exceeding yourself.
2: Yeah. On the flight. Uh, yeah. And they were free. So I... Followed the dream of the man with the pump, and I had I was I had a messenger bag with me, and I filled it with at least yes. two <laughs> dozens of these small yes. ginger ale <laughs> uh, Good cans. Job, and you, you'd think that you know, like a couple of them wouldn't be too heavy, but it it, it did got a, yeah, it was heavier than I thought. But I still you know, I I got away with it. Because who's going to stop me? I'm already past security.
0: What what a thought. What what a thought process. What are you (laughs) going to do? Throw me off the plane? We're already airborne. (laughs) I'm I'm first class. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't think that allows you to just do what you want in first class. You can't just walk up to the cockpit and be like, I fly the plane now. It's me. (laughs) You you, you got any more? You got any more of those little soda cans? Ask the pilot. Just sniffing them out. (laughs) I remember I actually... um, I remember being nice to the the stewardesses once. Stewards and stewardesses, just to be clear. Because they served some dessert that I didn't like. And I was like, I'm really sorry. I hate to be picky. I'm really, I like apologizing all the way through. And the guy was like, I oh, see what I've got it back. And they came back with double chocolate fudge cake with cream.
2: Oh, my and God. And just goes
0: to show you. Yeah, it goes to show you if you're nice and if you apologize, we'll be rewarded. You know, because these stewards and stewardesses the people who are are, who are accommodating you on the plane they've been up since god knows when you know and they probably they really don't care if you're stealing all the coke to be honest they probably do the same i actually had a friend who who was a stewardess for a while and she said that sometimes well i don't know if i should be saying what the airline was but um she said that sometimes they weren't fed enough and they would eat the leftovers from passengers so oh man yeah it's not a glamorous job at all Sorry about that, what? Stefan. I'm probably going to put that in your head next time you go flying. No, I'm like, where do we go from there? <laughs> <laughs> um, Stefan, you are a historian. What is the most interesting thing you own in your own personal collection that relates to history?
2: That's a great question. Um, what's the most interesting? Because I, I have me- I have like a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah, but the most interesting. Yeah, that's what I'm like. What, what would I... Take out to sort of like impress someone.
0: So you all you all panicked there and thought that I wouldn't have a question to, to throw out, but yeah, and it, that's
2: that, <laughs> that's one really good. <laughs> Why would it... Okay, 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 okay. Uh, let's see here, let's see. Oh, I, I, oh, oh, this kind of sound terrible. Um, I have a a, a full size document. It's 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 very big. Uh, mm-hmm. written to King. Uh, Vittorio... What is it? Well, King Vittorio of Italy by and by and signed by Benito Mussolini. Wow,
0: you have Mussolini's oh. autograph. Yes.
2: Um, Interesting. It, which is, again, it's it's <laughs> taken out of context. It makes me just sound like a fascist. Uh, no, not at all. Because <laughs> they, no,
0: because... They, I, to, I, because to anybody who's listening and they think, oh yeah, this guy sounds like a fascist, just allow me to say my side of this. Those people existed and like it or not they're part of human history and ignoring their existence would be would literally ignore history which we can't do because otherwise we repeat our mistakes does that sound right Stefan?
2: well more or less I'm, I'm i'm like there's some i mean there's some ethical considerations there but uh, uh but n- needless to say i'm not a, i'm not a collector of of, of fascist italy stuff but it, it it was something that came across my my feed once on ebay Mm. And I was like, "Well, interesting. That's you, that's something you don't see too often." Well, I don't think you're going to be committing um, identity theft
0: with his signature.
2: No, it's it's actually a wonderful sort of document because it, wonderful in it that it's actually interesting because it asks for the pardon of this soldier who committed some sort of lesser crime, and he's asking the king to sort of like, "I want to give him a pardon." Do you, don't you agree?
0: So is it is it is it, is it more of like a? Um is it more of a personal document or do you think it's just something that flew across his desk he just put yes, a signature it's, on it it's whatever.
2: definitely something that flew across his desk because it is it is written because remember we talked about letters in the past <laughs> right uh this was written on a, a, on a on a typewriter and it was oh, you know right. it, it was hand signed. so yes it's definitely a government document but obviously uh, that's that's for, for some historians obviously they they love the government documents um but i actually have a, a wide a very extensive collection of historical letters again going back to why i love letter writing so much that i've acquired over the years ranging from i think the oldest letter i have is from 1861 from the american civil war all the way through um uh the opening days of the invasion of Iraq in in two thousand three, believe it or not. Oh, wow!
0: Yeah, it's it's great to look back on that sort of stuff, and uh...
2: it's very tangible in a way. It's very physical. These, you know, seeing the seeing the letter writing, seeing someone write and stuff like that. There, there's you know, there are clues in there where it's. It's mm. the the papers they write on, you know. Sometimes that's that things they have found in in, in the field. If you're a military historian, that's great. You know, you, you have a lot of soldiers who use captured, uh, you know, uh, pa- you know paper or just whatever documents they can find in the field, and you just write something back home and send it off. Yeah. To more more physical evidence of, you know, what what was it like to actually write these? Like, you know, smudges, for example, is a great one. Was it raining that day?
0: Huh, I don't know what that was, Um, anyway. I I, I remember seeing um, cat paw prints on some documents as well. I think that's adorable. Seeing paw prints from pets of that era just reminds you that these people are human. You know, they had animals, they had their little beloved creatures around them. I love that sort of stuff.
2: But, you know, those things are, you know, they, they feel universal to us. And, they, you know, these are very present yeah. in, the, in the everyday remains of, of people of the past.
0: So, anybody listening at home,
2: uh, start documenting
0: your coronavirus experiences because you never know 200 years time there may be somebody looking over your diary. You never know.
2: Also, other physical stuff like your face masks, things like that. Everything that remind you of this period save it. So Put it in a little, little, little whatever, a little shoebox and save it.
0: Well, you never know. It might turn up in a museum someday. Oh, yes. you never know. Stefan, thank you so much for, for being with us. Thank and you. And for teaching us uh, well, a little bit about history, a little bit about British Airways, Coca-Cola, can policy, how easy it is to <laughs> pull a heist. <laughs> <laughs> you know these things these little things um what we like to do with our guests at the end of our interviews is to um allow them a space to give a shout out to whatever causes projects organizations anything like that that is close to their heart and if you want people to check it out um or i don't know whatever whatever's close to you maybe you know maybe you just really like to film you saw recently and you want people to go see it it could be anything so take it away what 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 would you like to shout out
2: well, if, if if you're as uh, if you're a listener, you're just as inquisitive as the host of this wonderful program. I, I would recommend that you go to Ask Historians, which is the largest public history site online, where you can ask experts uh, all sorts of questions. Whether you're curious about ancient Mesopotamia or the modern culture of soda drinking, uh, you're very very <laughs> welcome to to come over and ask. You know, there's no stupid questions and we're very very happy to provide you with uh, uh with with the answer
0: excellent and is, is there anything else or is it just you just want to shout the the subreddit
2: i mean if 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 you guys want to buy my book that's also pretty nice uh <laughs> i was
0: gonna i was gonna say you did mention the book earlier uh, and, uh, i don't I, I think you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't
2: mention. yes i mean it's it's you can what i would a- ask is like yeah please uh go to your local library and ask them to buy uh, my book called White Mythic Space, Racism, the First World War, and Battlefield 1, uh, written by me, Stefana giri uh, uh, which is uh, due this December. It's going to be published by the German uh, publishing company, The Greater. Um And yeah, check it out if you like racism. I mean, not if you like racism, but you like to read about <laughs> racism. us <laughs> of like to- staying in.
0: Yeah <laughs> staying in Dallas. If
2: you, <laughs> if you like to read about racism and um, do you want to find out uh it's about uh, you know historical memory and what people think about racism and, and you know in connection to to the present.
0: For clarification for anyone listening, we are not a racist podcast. I was just <laughs> I was just laughing at the if you like racism
2: it's easier if you were you know because this is sort of like you know amongst historians like you know if you say like oh do you like racism we obviously they mean mean oh, like the history of racism or you know things of like course
0: that.
2: not <laughs>
0: <laughs> but please listeners, check out uh, the book and I mean come on you got to learn learn about these things otherwise we're doomed to repeat them thank you so much for coming on thank you And uh, maybe one day, people will be talking about us in the museum. Who knows? Let's hope. (laughs) Let's hope. (laughs) Welcome back to a podcast with strangers. We are your incredible hosts, Jacob Dyer
1: and... It's Dallas Welk.
0: Dallas, Dallas, Dallas Welk, writing that one down. Um, Now, normally, most high-profile podcasts have a sponsor you know squarespace me uh for him stamps raid shadow legends that
1: Be- better help is that the other one better help yeah that's like the psychologist yeah online thing yeah i've seen some of those yeah the the
0: yeah okay yeah we d- we just don't have that uh we we just don't we've emailed a few companies right
1: well yeah i'll, I'll get right on that okay sure thank you
0: uh i mean i've tweeted at a couple. That's as far as we've gone, because what we'd like to do instead is we like to give recommendations from the bottom of our heart. we like to give something that we authentically, genuinely, and lovingly want to recommend to our listeners instead of being paid for it. That being said, we would actually quite like to be able to pay our bills. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, uh, if you want to throw some money our way, yeah. we, we won't turn it away. Yeah, we,
0: yeah we, we really won't. So, Dallas, what are you going to recommend
1: this week. This week I'm going to recommend a very cool audio gear store where you could buy like audio equipment online. It's called Sweetwater. Cool. This place is this place is legit. One, they don't offer coupons. Oh. Zero coupons. Honey does not work on this. So honey, if you wanted to sponsor us, you know, get out the door. Sweetwater. They don't they don't care. And uh it's because their customer service is like 100 percent it's uh it's part of their, you know, their uh mission statements. Like we mm. offer the best customer service on the web. Yeah. And, and it's crazy. These dudes after you buy equipment, they'll they, you get assigned a customer service rep and that guy stays with you for life or he gets fired or something. And he'll call you after every purchase to make sure it's like right, if it's okay, if everything's correct, if he can help you, educate you on something about your new gear, make some recommendations. My mine's name is Sam. He's a real cool dude. That's remarkable. Yeah, me and Sam, we talk a lot actually through email and things like that. But you know, I just high, highly recommend this uh their website. It's it's where I always go for audio gear. So yeah, that's where you should go to. Wow, no coupons? No and coupons. An assigned agent mm-hmm, wow. for life. Or they die. I mean, if you you know, if they die, I guess you would get assigned a new one.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I assume.
0: I wonder if you get an invite to their funeral though.
1: Fuck. I, I would think so.
0: Yeah, that would be nice. Okay, well, sweetwater.com? Yes, yes. dot com. Excellent. Okay, well, my recommendation this week is um, a website called Love Honey. So we've we, we have both come up with uh, vaguely sexual names, Sweetwater and Love Honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of sound like secret agent
1: names. <laughs> <laughs> that's my new, <laughs> that's my new producer name right there. Love honey.
0: Well, I love honey at this website that sells sex toys. I won't sugarcoat it for you, and actually don't put sugar on your sex toys as well. That would mess up your internal pH balance. um oh. They're very good. They're very, very. Uh, I don't know how much I can say without getting slapped with like an eighteen plus here. But yeah, they, they make they make. Well, they sell things that make you go ooh.
1: <laughs> so. Big, big rubber thing. Oh, not huge.
0: Not huge rubber thing.
1: What's the biggest rubber thing they sell?
0: I don't know. I I, I I, couldn't tell you off the top of my head. They were selling at one point because I looked up what the most expensive um, special equipment, shall we phrase it lovingly, um, what the most expensive piece of equipment on the website was. And it was a 2,000 pound felt woman. Um, as in the material felt.
1: Um, wow, it's like, it's like having sex with a muppet. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Two grand. Very no teeth, which I <laughs> thank God. Yeah. Great. <laughs> but it was amazing. You gotta go update my wish list. If you're right there. <laughs> but
0: I want to say that they are also very, very good. Their customer service is also incredible, um, and all their purchases are covered by a year. One year product guarantee if anything goes wrong with your product they will replace it for up to a year after purchase and that means even if you've used it i believe don't hold me on that but you know i think i think they're just a very good company um and i think that our attitude towards things that make us go ooh should be uh you know open and we should all be able to go ooh whatever we want within reason and love honey oh, yeah. do
1: that do they have coupons
0: i get 20 percent student discount Hey, that's... If, if Black Friday. I don't know if that's... If you're listening right now on Black Friday, you know, go for it. Oh, just treat yourself. Okay, that was our recommendations this week. Um, Sweetwater and Love Honey. <laughs>
1: you still can't
0: go for those names. <laughs>
1: but here we are. Okay. Hey, this episode does release on Black Friday. Very cool.
0: Oh, very cool. Happy Black Friday, everybody. Um, do you know Black Friday didn't come up into the UK until about four or five years ago? It just appeared oh really which, yeah just appeared Wonder how many
1: lives that ended up like saving you know people who didn't get trampled to death because mm, of that true
0: and you know what else is crazy we didn't have um at the end of high school we didn't used to have proms that only started happening in like 2009 oh shit yeah before that it was just like oh there you go bye you'd have a house party somewhere
1: but yeah proms do you like watch old like old teen movies and be <laughs> like what the fuck are they doing
0: <laughs> yeah 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 no that, i think i think <laughs> The proms in the UK actually arose because kids were watching them and they were like, I want that. And do you know what else is really funny? And I don't know how much of our audience is American, but in the UK, having red plastic cups at a house party was seen as like a big move. It was like, oh, they've got cool. red plastic cups like in the movies. <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> they got the imported plastic cups. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly that. Yeah. Wow. All right, let's... This, this, Instead of looking to the uh, the contemporary past, let's look at the old-olds past with our second interview. My next guest is Christian from Northern Illinois. Christian, it's fantastic to have you on the show. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Uh, I found you on the internet um, at a place where I don't think a lot of people dare to tread. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. not the dark web. Um, <laughs> it, it's actually a uh, subreddit about um, the gritty past. And that is what it's called. Um, and it contains a lot of, well, the, the photos there are not for the faint of heart, should we put it that way? I will agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it about those photos that is interesting to you?
3: Uh, photos are just a visual representation of kind of what I originally had in mind, the the original plan uh, for the subreddit the, kind of the original format was actually um uh, like block quotes like from from history books. Mm-hmm. Um and you know a lot of those history books come with similar photos. They're just kind of the visual accompaniment. Um what's really important is that they share a bit of the story behind them. Otherwise they you know, if you if they they show a picture of something really hard hitting it doesn't really matter unless you you kind of know what's going on you're not going to be able to connect with it in any way of course right um and then you know, i've not been active in a while i mean these days it's it's mostly photos uh but the you know originally what i used to post when i was active i would post uh one or two of these uh these gritty i suppose you could say anecdotes um every day and um yeah, the, the originally, and you know, I just I read a lot of history books. I don't know if you want to hear like the the story of how he created it or not. I mean, I could try to
0: make it interesting if if, <laughs> if you're into that. <laughs> well, the, the thing I'm mostly interested in is the fact that you can go on this, you can go on your subreddit, and yeah, you can see. And I'm not trying to make people feel like sick or nauseous, but you can see limbs and, and body parts and dead bodies and skulls and yeah. all the rest of it. And I think maybe some people out there would call that edgy. Or maybe they would say that, oh, it's gore, but I think it within the context would you agree within the context of history. Yeah, it has to have a historical context. Um, right.
3: It, otherwise we remove it um, you know, if we if we see it or if people bring it to our attention. It's yeah, it's certainly not meant to be edgy. Um hmm. the best way I could describe it, I don't know, there's there's just something about it. I like sad stuff. Um I'm a very uppity <laughs> like I'm a very like uh, upbeat person. But I like sad stuff. You know, I like sad endings in movies. I don't know. It just gets a, it's emotional for me. Yeah. But you know, the originally I was I was reading history books, and I would just find these really heavy, heart wrenching, um you know, things in these history books, and I started to collect them. And I it's I always looked at it as as kind of just the, you know, it's the opposite of happiness. It's still an emotional reaction. It's very important. Um, but I find that the sad stuff, the, the really tragic stuff and history is really good at this. It's just so instructive. Um, as long as you're being constructive about it, but you know, when it's supposed to be a lesson, it's not supposed to be edgy at all. I don't know. I, I I feel like a lot of people kind of have this or they don't, but I really emotionally become invested in some of these stories and some of the stories behind some of these photos. Um, it's, it's heavy, but it i don't know it's kind of cathartic at the same time to learn about this stuff and to to kind of kick back and say wow like i can't believe people did this you know i can't believe people had to had to live through this if people it's hard to explain it, it's really difficult to put into words but um i don't know i i kind of feed off of that emotional feedback well, if that talk, makes sense
0: no it's it sounds totally right to me but talking of words we uh you know some people get the same rush i think through letters. Or through, um, you know, yes. memoirs and stuff like that. But for me personally, and this is what gravitated me towards your, your subreddit, is like I'm a very visual person and being able to see... Like, there's a, there's a picture on your subreddit right now which um, shows visually how many buffalo were slaughtered um, in America.
3: Yes, the the buffalo skulls. It's outrageous.
0: Yeah, when you see them as, as a heap, mm-hmm. you know, and you... Oh, it's it's incredible but if if you wrote down if you said oh fifty thousand or I don't know how many buffalo but you know about this many were killed and if you put all their skulls together it would make a heap I mean that those words only work as far as your imagination works I guess is, is basically what I'm trying to say
3: I could see yeah I could see that perspective um I do get a lot out of the words I, so first of all I mean even when I was posting this stuff regularly I would if I could find photos that would help, um, I would usually link them. I would do the you know hot link in the text. Mm. Um, but I I don't know. I mean, some of these um, descriptions, like if I if I were to pick up a book, for example, like uh, uh, My War Gone By, I miss it so by Anthony Lloyd. And any of you guys know
0: Anthony Lloyd? I'm I'm not a Lloydhead. Uh, Dallas, are you uh, are you in the Lloyd <laughs> fandom?
1: No, no, I have not heard of him. Okay.
3: He's uh, yeah, he's this war correspondent. Um, I have this this book, you know, and and uh, I'm a, where he went to Bosnia, and this guy just kind of, he he has this way of speaking, this way of putting things into words that's not just descriptive. It gets it gets under your skin, and it should. It absolutely should. This was I was alive for this stuff. I was young, but I mean, I, I feel like I'm there when I read this guy's writing and you read some of these memoirs, you know, like a book like, um, Tommy, for example, by Richard Holmes, that's a book everyone should read. That is some of the most heart wrenching stuff. But again, it's instructive, you know, I mean, when you, when you think about like, you know, abstract concepts like, oh, how could, uh, how could people, you know, how could people uh, stomach the Holocaust? How could people, how could you be a guard in the Holocaust, for example, and well, you can go back and read exactly what it was like to be a guard in the Holocaust. I don't have a book for that in front of me, but you can go read, you know, you can read what they went through. You can what what it was like for them, what their rationale was, you know, what what they thought they were doing. You can you can read stuff like that. Um, you can read stuff from from the victim's perspective, which is always difficult. Um, it, you know, one thing I like about Anthony Lloyd is. He talks about how, uh, you know, he, he describes this one scene, for example, where he, he saw his like first dead body, you know, it was was in a combat zone. It was a civilian and he had, I I wish I had it in front of me, but he, he talks about how like, you have no idea how you're going to react when you see something that extreme and you, you see the movies and you, you know, people freak out or they cry or, you know, all the, you know, you can check all the boxes. He's like, but, but that that actual moment where you see something extreme and something tragic like that, it is not, it is not what you expect. And he, he, I think he said that his first, the first person he saw die was, was like a young girl, like a teenage girl. And he had this weird thought about how beautiful she must've been when she was alive. And it kind of like freaked him out. Like it, it freaked him out that that was his first thought. He's like, you know, that's not what I was expecting. Is that what's in my soul? You know, like you don't learn these things about, humanity or about yourself until you expose yourself to them
0: yeah of course
3: i hope i'm good at doing a good job of uh, explaining that
0: (laughs) no i think you're doing a fantastic job because i mean we we approached you because well i don't know anything about it and i think dallas is in the same boat like this is um and this is why i was interested in talking to you because you know this is a side of history that you don't see um a lot of the time especially when you when when people talk about like World War Two, for example, and they talk about oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, the Allies went over there and it was all it was just like a movie, you know? We came in, we saved everybody, but d- d- it definitely wasn't.
3: No, it wasn't. I, I like to say that uh, we were all war criminals in the Second World War. All sure. of sure. <laughs> if you, you can find a spot somewhere where they did some war criminal stuff,
0: but when you look at photos and when you look at like uh, videos, I mean, short videos from the time, and you see face to face, you think jesus like uh, trench warfare for example you know uh, yeah world war one and then uh, i mean it, it's all bad so, but that's that's the great thing about seeing these photos but a question i have for you is yeah uh, being moderator, is you've probably seen a, a, a lot of submissions come under your nose and everything like that is there a, an era or perhaps a photo that you've had and you thought to yourself wow i never thought i would see that you know i never thought i i would see a photo of this or, or this era? Yeah, no. Wow, that's a good question. I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head here. Um, I
3: remember seeing... There was there was a photo of a Japanese soldier decapitating a prisoner that I think actually turned out to be fake, but it's very realistic-looking. That mm. one at the time, I was like, holy crap. Um, there's a lot of stuff from... I First of all, World War I stuff always gets to me. I think that's one of the most fascinating things to read about. You know, just the old world... Sort of marching off to war and then not surviving it, and then you get just the new world just sort of born from that. I, I, that's always a fascinating concept for me, yeah. But usually, when I see a, a picture of like a rare photo, you know, that's just been rediscovered or something from the first world war, it's usually amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Passchendaele, um, photos of Passchendaele are probably the most oh, just I can't even, it's like an alien planet, I can't even imagine living there. And they lived there for for months and years sometimes. You know, you, you, there was, I found stories, uh, again, I, I'll say Tommy again by Richard Holmes. Yeah. That's, that's one of the most amazing books you'll ever read about World War I. And, it, and it's entirely from the British perspective. Um, so you are getting, you know, only one perspective, but it's just you You can imagine the other sides having to deal with this too. the mud getting, you know, drowning alive over the period of several days in mud and they can't rescue you and you just start to go insane. I mean, Jesus. It, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable stuff.
0: Yeah, I've heard of I've, I've heard of their horses getting stuck in the mud and there's just nothing they can do
3: yeah animals stuff with animals is really hard for me yeah like, ugh, i can't even do that i mean i no. for for people i can i don't know what that says about me but <laughs> yeah it's it's hard to explain what i see in this or why why i gravitate towards this no
0: I, I don't see any shame in it you know i i heard a i don't know if it's a rumor or not but i heard that when the guillotines in france were were active mm-hmm. uh, old women used to go down and do their knitting and gossip in front of them and that was their version of it is my fact. understanding that that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that was their entertainment. Yes. Um, and I, I don't think, and obviously, like I'm putting this within like your your the photos that you curate, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. are are put in hi- a historical context. But we can't escape the fact that some of those photos may end up on like shock sites or things like that.
3: Unfortunately, yeah. And that's that's in my opinion. That's looking at that stuff for the wrong reasons. Mm.
0: But the but my what I'm trying to round about point is that we like your subreddit exists and those shock sites exist because we i don't I don't wanna say like, but I think human beings we we want to know we we're, we're curious about the yeah. bad there yeah there is a curiosity there that's I for think' sure. that's a very simplistic way of defining it. But yeah, but it, it doesn't have to be complicated. It's okay, sure.
3: <laughs> it's yeah. No, I I understand what you mean. It's it's hard. Ah, it's hard to put into words, and I've always kind of struggled to to put into words. Um I don't know. I I remember one time I was, you know, we have we have like a room just dedicated to reading, you know, where all our books are in there. My mm-hmm. my wife and I were in there one night and and you know, sometimes I would I would come out because I I just go home and I just from work and I just read history books. That's usually what I do. <laughs> and uh, and I, you know, sometimes I'd find like a a section you know, live with like one of these really heart-wrenching um, things, and I, I would say, like, "Hey, listen to this one," you know. And she put down her book. She's 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 really good. Uh, <laughs> you know, very tolerant of me. And I'd read it out loud to her. And then sometimes, you know, I can't help it, and I get choked up when I'm reading it, and I have to like stop for a second. And one time, about a year ago, um, I was reading one that really, really got, and I remember which one it was. It was actually from uh, Anthony Lloyd's book. And um, where this uh, this this elderly couple was trying to cross the street and one of the factions shot at them with a, an anti-aircraft gun. And the way he wrote about it was just so tragic Yeah, because he watched it happen. And he, he's, you know, he had this whole line about, um, I used to have it in front of me, I imagined all the hurdles they must have navigated successfully to be able to stay together all their lives. Then blam, 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 someone blows them away with a gun designed to bring down a jet aircraft. And I read that a lot and I started choking up when I read it and yeah. she kind of like, I don't know if she's in a bad mood that day, but she's like, why do you read this stuff? If it's just, <laughs> if it does that to you,
0: <laughs> And
3: I, I remember at the time I got so, I got like actually angry. Like I was really mad and I was like, well, I'm never reading anything to her again, you know, like which turned out not to be true. But yeah. I was, I was mad. Cause it, you know, and I, I, we talked about it and we, we smoothed this over. We have a good marriage, but hmm. I remember at the time I kind of like I was mad, but I was also like, I guess why? I mean, maybe there is something to ask there, and and there's just something to it. It's just a connection. You're you're connecting with something that's yes, it's tragic, but it's emotional and it's it's important. Yes, you know, people didn't change. We're (laughs) we're no different. You know, we just we have the benefit of this history um, to be instructive that we can look back at it and say, you know, we forget how bad, uh, the Holocaust was. Let's read a book on it because it turns out it was really, really bad and we shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> That's yeah. the really simplistic version, you know, obviously, but it, it's just a connection. It's, it's a way of connecting something. And I feel like some, I, You know for better or for worse i'm really good at making that connection i'm really good at finding this stuff and it really really hits me when i do and i always felt the need to to save it and so i i annotate my books extremely heavily
0: i sort of i i've heard the argument before that there's no point in reading history books um because of the old saying you know those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it because we keep on getting into wars and stuff like that right and so some people say, like, oh, there's no point because there's always going to be a war. But there's no point reading about history. We're just going to go around in circles anyway.
3: Not necessarily. Uh, I, have a, I have a counterpoint, but go ahead and finish your thought.
0: No, I was I was going to ask for how, how you would respond to that, but also at the same time, like, surely, um, like, that old couple, like you said, they died. And this is mm-hmm. like a remembrance for them in a way, you know. This is our way, of, of their echo through history for those who it's read true. about them. How many
3: people on the planet right now do you th- I mean... I'm sure they had families who still remember this, but other than their immediate families, that couple, how many people are talking about it? We're talking about it right now. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, it's unfortunate we're talking about it in that light, but they are still being talked about. They, someone saw that and wrote about it, and we wouldn't we wouldn't know about this. Stuff. My, but my re, my reaction to that, I would tell people to watch a video um, that it's it's pretty popular. It's not obscure. It's on YouTube and it's called "The Fallen of World War II." and it's it's about 15 17 minutes it's data driven and they had a really good point at the end of the video because basically the video is it's animated graphs they tell the story of the casualties of world war II and they go you know they break it down into nations theaters uh, years etc and they say like this is how many people died and they they you know they'll they have like a little figure um you know like a copy paste figure and each one represents a thousand people and then they will show you the stacks of those figures in this battle in that battle and this you know theater and by the time you get to the end and you're looking at like 80 million of these you can't even you can't even see them on the screen it they're just solid graphs at this point you know they, they have to zoom out especially when you talk about chinese civilian casualties when you talk about russian casualties it, it's it's Unbelievable, and it really is good at putting this into perspective. But I tell people it's not—it's not a depressing video necessarily, because when you get to the end, they have this section where they talk about the long peace, which is a, a term I'm sure you're familiar with, with. Sure. Where you know, since World War II, the the major powers, the major world powers, the the richest nations in the country at least have not fought each other mm-hmm. um, since that time, and that's really important because the, the World War II was so horrible. People remember that. You know, and there are people alive now who still remember that and they just don't want to do that again. They talked about this at the end of the First World War, like it cannot happen again. But then at the end of the Second World War, we have this long peace that, that we're still enjoying today. And, you know, the way they they put it was so great. I wish I could take credit for a line like this. But they said, you know, it's peace is a hard thing to measure. It's It's a lot like looking at all the people who didn't die in wars that didn't happen. The reason i think is that it's important is because when the people who were there who who do die when you know who were there and do remember when they die all you're going to have left is people who knew them uh or or books that were written about them and then you get the capacity to forget or you get the capacity to you know explain stuff away or say oh no it's not like that you know it's just a little war here or something or other it's that's one of the most important things, I think is t- is to have that information and be able to look back on it. And right now, we have the benefit of still knowing people who were there or who knew people who were there, who remember this. And it's very fresh. And I think that's one of the things that allows for the long piece besides nuclear weapons, of course, it's a different discussion. But yeah, I, I don't know, you know a couple generations later, and um if we don't keep talking about this, if we don't keep showing the younger generations what this was like, they're not gonna have the benefit of that knowledge. It's not gonna be in their culture anymore. And then this stuff can happen again. So I do think it's extremely important to keep learning this stuff. Yeah, history is cyclical and and people do talk about that. And there's a bunch of famous lines about that. And I don't necessarily disagree, but if you keep learning history and if you keep passing it on, that is at the very least going to create the, the environment where change can happen. If if things change, if one day we figure it out and we never have wars and we solve world peace or whatever, we're g- it's going to be because of history in some yeah. way.
0: Well, get on to uh, your history department and learn learn about what... Oh, highly what, recommend what, it, yeah. What's come... And I, I really regret not having more of an interest in history when I was at school. Oh, I hated history in school. Yeah, now I'm out of it. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, yeah. just, this is interesting.
3: It's a lonely hobby. Not a lot of people... Uh, not a lot of people want to talk about it
0: it's not glamorous it's not glamorous and it can be yeah but in the context of like you have to look at all of history you can't just look at like certain parts of it you
3: know well that's true but Um, i what i usually say to people is that you know you're you're not you got to think about it this way history is is the written record of the most interesting people and the most interesting events that ever were on this earth how can that not be fascinating? You, you gotta adjust your mindset is what I tell people. And, and some of these books are dry, you know, and yeah, if, if you're really into it, you'll work through it and you'll find the gems, like, you know, the, which is what happened to me. But I would tell it, I would tell people, you know, if they say they hate reading history books, you just haven't found the right book, it's out there. There's something out there that'll hook you. Because there's something out there that hooked me, you know?
0: Yeah, there's, uh, I actually read um, the Spike Milligan World War II book and <laughs> He's got a book called Adolf Hitler: My Part in His Downfall. Um, <laughs> did, he, did he actually have a part, or did he just kind of insult no, himself, like <laughs> No, it's it's very interesting. If I remember rightly, there's a part of it where he um, he goes into where he was stationed in like a concrete battery mm-hmm. uh, structure, and there was like graffiti on the wall that this, that his comrades had uh, put, and he I think he got very emotional over that. I haven't read it in years. Years and years and years, but it's it's more of like a a comical sort of oh Jesus, what am I doing here sort of thing rather than your your Mr. Lloyd uh, uh, interpretation of what happened with the with the grim. I don't know. Maybe it's not for you. It doesn't sound like it's. I would no. I I'm into I'm pretty
3: eclectic. I'm into a lot okay. of stuff. I'm a professional hobbyist. History is just one hobby. Yeah, I, I get obsessed over stuff. And by the way, I will say just for your listeners out there, uh, Anthony sure. Lloyd's book, My War Gone By, I miss it. So it is one of the best books I've ever read. If you if you're into this type of thing, um, th- this is one of the most affecting reads I've ever read in my life.
0: And that's what books should be. Books should move you.
3: Absolutely. It should evolve you in some way, but if it can make you feel something, yes, that that's important. Um, you'll remember that book forever, and I'll never forget this book.
0: Absolutely. Christine, it's been great to have you on, and what we'd like to do to our guests who come on is at the tail end of the interview, we'd like to ask them if they would like to give a shout-out to a, a cause, a project, um, a website, a charity, uh, any sort of... Or maybe a person they know needs a shout-out. Um, this is basically your space um to to talk about what is uh, is close to your heart so this is up to you so off you go this is your time
3: okay yeah um yeah I, I mean i would give a shout out to my wife for frankly just being amazing but also the amount of you know all the hundreds of times that i read something to her and got choked up she only complained about it once um that's actually a pretty big deal uh, when i think about it that's that's very good <laughs> Uh, And then also um, we are in a pandemic, of course, and I would uh, I would like to shout out to to, I would just tell people to just remember the nurses. Um, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm a COVID nurse and uh, it sucks out there, man. (laughs) It blows. Uh, They're really trying. Um, Give them give them some credit. If you see a nurse, uh, I don't know, buy them a drink or something.
0: Oh, absolutely. But yeah, Christian, it's been great having you on. Uh, Check out our slash the gritty past uh, but don't do it over breakfast, I would say. Maybe.
3: Oh, you can also check out our history anecdotes. That's the lighthearted hearted version. Um, yeah, and I'll try and post some stuff for anyone listening right after this publishes. I think I have a, I think I have some stuff I never posted. So
0: excellent. All right, thank you, Christian. Thank you, much obliged. Welcome back to a podcast for strangers, and thank you to our guests. Um, I forgot their names off the top of my yes. head. <laughs> Stefan and... <laughs> the lock proposal. We are so we are so prepared. And this doesn't look amateurish. <laughs> so, listen, it's been a long week. It's Tuesday, but it's been a long week. It's
1: going <laughs> to get even longer. Thank you for... Oh, yeah,
0: Black Friday. God, God.
1: Stay safe out there for Stay all safe. your shopping. The TV isn't worth dying over. Well... Oh. It might be. I don't know. Well, I don't know. <laughs> PS5s, the... Uh, the
0: Nvidia GTX, 4080, whatever they're on now.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's kind. I, of- I wonder how much the uh, the shipping crisis, shortage stuff oh. is gonna really affect Black Friday. God. God
0: help us. God help us all. Well, thank you, dear listener, for li- for listening as well and for enjoying us wherever you are right now. If you're at the gym, uh in the library, driving, if you're work.
1: Where else? Where else can people? Look? If you're on a walk, if you're um, ignoring someone on a date right now, mm. by listening to this podcast, yeah, that's good. bold move, bold. If you're in bed,
0: Go yeah. to, get it, to sleep.
1: Both hands, let us see both, both hands. Both hands, both
0: hands above the duvet so God can see them. You sleep with both hands on top <laughs> of the bed. You're laughing brother. That. that. was, that's a real rule. Okay, <laughs> if you're listening on iTunes. You've heard this before, but I'm going to say it again. Please consider rating us five stars. We try to achieve five stars in every single episode. Uh, And please leave a comment, as we like to call it, rate and review. If you think that we are one
1: star, go ahead. Do it. Do it. We don't care. Yeah, we don't care. We're not afraid. Yeah, do it. Fucking do it. Leave us one star, all of you, right Uh, now. (laughs)
0: Wow. just leave a three middle ground all right? it's not five it's not one it's three um, if you'd like to follow us on our social media uh, you can follow us on our twitter at strangers pdcst and if you'd like to be on the show you can email us a podcast for strangers at gmail.com I'd like to give an update and say that I am now checking the email inbox every day no clap no applause okay all right um- <laughs> yeah
1: yeah <boom. laughs> He's checking his email. Fuck yeah.
0: (laughs) So next week, next week, episode seven, we have got the microscopic white shadow. Yeah. What the hell does that mean? It it sounds like we're making these up. Then we have to like find a guest that fits (laughs) that criteria. But I assure you, the microscopic white shadow is indeed coming next week podcast of strangers episode seven i hope that you join us it's a thrilling episode dallas any last words
1: nope i'm done with all the words you're done
0: okay thank you mr sweetwater um please enjoy your weekend your black friday I hope you get some solid deals and i hope you don't spend the night in the hospital because you had a stiletto put in your back that would be the worst that'd be terrible okay have a lovely weekend bye bye The word for this week is, don't. The word for this week is,
1: don't. That's that medium. Okay.